Hey, hey, everyone. It's Daishihan Miller here, and we're here with episode 113 of Kudan Radio. Uh, for those of you keeping track, and for those of you not keeping track, well, you probably saw it on YouTube or whatever, because I always post the number. Keeps me in track, or uh, on track, or whatever, right? So, anyway, um, this, uh, this past week was interesting. Uh, I came out of a uh, we, we, we do these week-long uh, uh, kids camps, right? Uh, allows us to kind of focus on some things uh, for the youth that uh, the ninja kids used to do back in the day. And this next one we have coming up even more so. But it gives us a chance to teach them things like uh, the difference between uh, you know, games that maybe they grew up with and uh, games that uh, that Japanese kids play and just different things like that, right? But anyway... So came out of that week, uh, and then, uh, didn't even get halfway. Well, I guess we did. We got halfway into this past week and one of my guys tested positive for COVID. Uh, I get this message first thing in the morning and, um, you know, I thought I had this little, you know, we have allergies, I have allergies and things, right? So I had this little dry cough and whatnot. So I thought, uh, oh, man, um, let's, let's just make sure. And, um, yeah, sure enough, tested for, uh, for COVID and, tested positive Wednesday morning. So, uh, I mean, for me, this was nothing more than, uh, it felt like nothing more than like a head cold kind of thing, which was cool, right? And I didn't need uh, anything worse. But um, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm spending my my past week, uh, you know, kind of recuperating from that. But anyway, gave me some time to think, do some extra studying, work on some things because I, you know, quarantine myself at home. And so one of the things I got to thinking about was, uh, again, you know, these lessons that I got early on, some of the things that attracted me to Nijutsu, right, uh, to this, I'm even going to say pre-Bujinkan uh, kind of thing, right, because in the day, right, um, the Bujinkan uh, was the name of Hatsumi Sensei's dojo, right, so uh, it wasn't this big, ginormous international organization. We went by different names, but either way, right? Um, but, but there were these common themes, right, that drew a lot of us in that just made this so not your typical martial art, right? Um, and so here, here's a question, right? Uh, one of these things I got to thinking about, and I thought, I'll ask you, right? What's the difference between working, right, to make things happen? Someday, right? And living and acting as if there are no limits to your abilities. Okay? So, again, this idea of limitations, of uh, learning what your real limitations are, right? As opposed to ones that you just kind of believe you have. And testing every single one of them uh, was a core lesson. Right. It's just one of those things that uh, it just came up again and again and again in the early days of um, uh, needed to. And, and that's again, that's what drew a lot of us to it. Right. So that's the theme. We're going to be talking about this, this idea of, uh, of no limits and uh, returning to zero and a lot of these things that we heard over and over again that I just don't hear anymore. Right. I just don't, I don't see this as a big theme. Um, and, you know, so we'll talk about that uh when I get back. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us 
Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And I'm back. All right, so sorry if that little intro sounded a little foggy. Um, I you know, just got over this COVID thing and, uh, I don't know, just trying to rebalance myself. Spent a whole, uh, just the the biggest part of today uh, trying to catch up on things and, and uh, keep things moving forward and, you know, uh, loaded up the, the day planner. Do I have it? Well, it'll still be in my, in my briefcase, right? It's getting back on track because, um, well, I can breathe again, right? So, um, and being able to do my affirmations out loud and, and all these things. But anyway, um, so I, I was going, I was trying to find or think of a story of an individual student or somebody or even me or whatever that would kind of go through this little transition. But I, I actually saw it happen within the art itself. Right. But let me give you this, for instance. Right. Um, a bunch of the parents at my school uh, and the black belts and whatnot, we often had this conversation about how um, everything has kind of degenerated to and it's been going on for a while. Right. The, the self-esteem movement. Right. Really started like in the mid to late 70s and things like that. Right. Where where nurturing somebody's self-esteem, making them feel special about themselves and all that. Right. Became like this paramount thing. Right. Which sounds great, right? Sounds fantastic. Except now what they're discovering, right, with all these new studies, is that it was the, probably the worst thing that could ever have happened because to not let anybody feel like they were a loser or they missed out on something or they weren't good enough or whatever, right, what they did was that there's this whole movement to make sure that everybody got a, an award, everybody got a prize, right? Um and so uh, what they have now, what's going on now is that they find that these these kids who are now adults, right, were raised to believe that they could do anything. Right. If, if you if you want it. Right. You could you could be anything. Right. And that's just not true. Right. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's aptitude and, and, and intellect and, and work and study and connections and networking. And, uh, you know, there's not just IQ, but EQ. Right. Emotional quotient and somebody's ability to relate to others. And uh, there's all these things. Right. But what was happening was to not let anybody feel like. Right. Um, you know, they weren't worthy or they weren't good enough or whatever, right? What they did was they just flattened the playing field, okay? So everybody got an award just for showing up. Everybody got a participation trophy. Everybody got, you know, whatever, right? We're not going to, we're not going to identify most valuable players. We're not going to, you know, none of that stuff, right? So what they, what they found was that instead of pulling people up, right, that would cause them to work harder, strive more, dream bigger, you know, those kind of things. The opposite happened, right? The lazy realized that there was a system where if they just just I just show up, right? And I don't do anything else, right? And get the rest of the team to do the work and all that. I'm going to get the same 
rewards and the same benefits that everybody else is getting, right? And nobody's allowed to say anything about it. Nobody's allowed to call me out on it, anything like that, because that, well, we can, we can shove that into a category called bullying, right? So can't talk about that. The other big thing that happened was that a lot of really motivated, brilliant, whatever, right? Kids saw this happening, right? They're busting their asses. They're really trying to make something of themselves. They're really trying to get a handle on this thing. They're trying to excel, right? But they find out that no matter how much they do, the guys that are, you know, scamming the system, they're getting the same rewards anyway. They're getting the same benefits, right? They're doing no work or they're doing bare minimum, right? And they're they're still getting an award. They're still getting whatever, right? So what ended up happening was all of these high potential um, uh, people, kids, adults, whatever, right, just hit the brakes and said, well, what the, he- what the hell, right? Why even bother, right? So what ended up happening was they, these people that were moving like, you know, the sky's the limit, right, if that's even the limit, right? This moving right along, next thing you know, they're average, Right. Because what, what's the point? Right. What's the point? Right. And so this thing kind of backfired. It just like flipped inside out. OK. So I originally started off by mentioning that I saw this happening within the art. OK. And it's true. And I don't care who wants to argue with me, because unless you started training in this art in 1980. Right. And you were drawn in. By more than just, you know, whatever Shokasugi Ninja movie was going on, right? Then you, you, we we can't relate, right? We can be friends, we just can't relate, right? Um, and I'm sorry if that hurts anybody's feelings, but having a belief about something and knowing that thing are two completely different things, right? So uh, in the beginning, in the beginning. No, <laughs> um, a lot of us were just where a lot of us that came to this art were were dissatisfied with what we were getting martial arts wise. And it wasn't like there was anything wrong with the arts that we were studying. Right. But a lot of us were inspired by early things like the uh, David Carradine TV show uh, Kung Fu. Right. Where there's a lot about philosophy and uh, personal power and peaceful living and stuff like that. And the self-defense skills, the fighting skills were used as a, you know, last ditch kind of thing. Right. Um, a lot of us were police officers or security or whatever. Right. Where um, we had legal limitations and things like that, or we had to be more ingenious about the way we applied things, right? We couldn't just be fighter thug, right? Who was trying to win the next Kumite competition or whatever, right? Um, So we were really drawn in by philosophical teachings, these ideas about, you know, living to your potential because of all the good you could do in the world, right? Not just as a warrior protector, right? But as almost like 
almost like a sage or a, a you know a t- spiritual teacher or whatever that you weren't just making your life happier, better, more fulfilling, you know, deeper experience, that kind of thing, right? But you could help others, right, who were suffering and and having, you know, these different kind of issues and whatnot, right? So it wasn't a this or that kind of thing, right? It wasn't about monk or warrior, right? We were, the, the the ideal was this warrior monk, right? This this idea where, you know, you're this uh, I just posted a, a, a meme. I don't know if, how many of you saw it. It's actually a, a quote from uh, Gichi uh, Funakoshi, right? Uh, founder of, and he would, he would argue this, right? Everybody un, uh, acknowledges him as the founder of Shotokan Karate, right? He absolutely detested that. I don't know if you know that or not. He hated it because he came at it from kind of a Buddhist perspective that to, pl- to apply a name to anything automatically boxes you in and limits you and separates you from everything else that you could be tied into or that you could use for your own success or benefit or whatever. Right. But anyway, this, if you caught the meme, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, um, the quote is a true martial artist can warm the hearts of young children and make tigers cower in fear. And, and his anger can, Make tigers cower in fear, that kind of thing, right? So a smile can warm the hearts of children. Uh, his anger can. So there's there's this balance, right? And we've been talking about this for how many episodes? One thirteen, right? This kind of uh, balance, right? So, um, but we again, we were all drawn in by this, right? And so there was this equal equal time, right? If you've watched any of the videos, I mean, shit, people have pirated the map of Wazoo, right? They're all over YouTube. Watch any of the old Tai Kai uh, things. Hatsumi Sensei, you know, he'll he'll be demonstrating techniques and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're not one of the folks that just fast forward through the boring shit, right? Boring shit, meaning the life lessons, the philosophy, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, then you know what I'm talking about. He'll be demonstrating techniques, techniques and all that, and he'll talk about something. And then all of a sudden, Something will catch and he'll be talking about this thing for 20, 30, 90 minutes, whatever. And then we go back to training, right? To, to the physical training that everybody's kind of wrapped up in. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Still got some congestion that's working its way out from this, uh, crabby little thing. Okay. So. Um, again, that's what we were, that's what we're caught up in, right? This idea of returning to zero, right? It doesn't mean empty or anything like that, right? To, to understand a lot of these things. And maybe this is where the, where things fell apart. A lot of people didn't want to understand it or thought that it was crossing some kind of religious lines or whatever. And then shit just got, you know, got nixed, right? The head got cut off and then the torso got cut off. And then what you have is the ass and the tail. And we're trying to make sense out of like a third of the art at best. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll come back to that uh, in, in a few minutes, but uh, what, what we were getting again, you know, returning to zero, right. We have to understand Japanese numerology. We have to understand this idea of, you know, one through nine, but, 10 is a return to zero because the zero is in the one spot, right? But it's this idea of full potential, right? In uh, Shingon Buddhism, right? Or Shingon Mikyo, there's this 
these levels, these nine, 10 levels of training, right? But the official training within the Shingon school runs out at level nine, right? Level 10 is not just a graduation from the program as we might, we might look at as a graduation, right? But it's almost like the, 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 uh, the, the bud, right? The, for the flower popping open, right? Everything else is about the growth of it to come up where all that potential is there and then it opens up. So it's not just about being able to, you know, express those things and teach it in the world and all that. It's opening up to a whole new level of training and learning and studying. And so in Shingon Mikyo, the 10th level of study is everything else in the world that you could study, whether you believe in it or you don't, whether it's positive, negative, whatever, that could move you in the right direction, right? That could increase this level of enlightenment and understanding and, you know, your ability to help and benefit other people and all that kind of stuff, right? So, and if we understand this zero concept, right, zero is not empty, zero is potential, Right. And I know, you know, if we have zero apples where we have, you know, yeah, I know. But what else do we have? Just because we have no apples, does that mean we have nothing? Right. Does that mean that everything went away? No. Okay. We might have four oranges. Right. But there's this kind of living in a box kind of thing or living in a vacuum where we see a zero. And yet the reality is that zero, the, the zero represents potential. Okay. Because every time we add a zero behind a number, we magnify that number tens, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, billions, whatever times, right? And all you're adding is a zero, right? You take a one and you add a zero, that jumps 10 times. You add another zero, it jumps another 10 times. Right. That's this idea. If you've ever seen uh, it out in the world of uh, business or uh, any other potential or whatever, personal actualization and whatnot. Right. Ten Xing things. Right. And it's not really about ten timesing things. It's about just just this quantum leap changes. Right. Um, because if we if we go from let's say, you know, you, you start your your training program. Right. And you go from. Uh, white belt to, I'm, I'm just going to borrow our system, right? White belt to yellow belt to, then you, you know, you keep working through. Next thing you know, you were a blue belt. Next thing you know, you're, right? So this is, this is, um, this is, uh, quantifiable improvement, right? I did these things. I learned this number of techniques and whatnot. So that put me here, right? So over time, dun, 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 right? And I should be able to, to, Roughly, right? If not specifically, right? No, in this amount of time, I'll get to here. In this amount of time, I'll get to here, right? So if I know that, then okay, five belt levels down, 10 belt levels down, it'll take me that amount of time, right? I mean, it's, it's consistent, measurable growth, right? And it is growth, right? But to 10x something, to go from, you know, uh, training a certain way to having radically different abilities, right? In a very short amount of time, right? That's, that's a quantum leap, right? That's this huge, big thing, right? Huge, big thing. Anyway, right? So 
But this idea, this zero, returning to zero, somebody said, say, whenever he talked about this, right? And this is in a bunch of the books. This is not me making shit up. You can go look this stuff, stuff up, right? It's, it's in how many books or watch these, these old training things and he'll bring it up, right? It's about returning or not really, re- yeah, I guess it is returning, right? Because in, in Miko, we see, um, the fully actualized or the enlightened person being Pretty much the same as a newborn baby, right? Full potential. Anything is possible, right? There's a quote from, I think I used this uh, in, a, in a previous episode or I talked about it uh, in this TV uh, series called uh, NCIS, right? Uh, excuse me. Um, one of the characters is a, is a um, mystery writer. He's a fictional writer. Bases his stories on the team that he works with and all that. But at the end of one of these episodes, right, it kind of sums this up. Now, he's talking about the main character, but the quote is, every man is born as many men, but dies as just one. Now, I don't believe that that's 100% accurate. I believe that's 100% accurate for 99.8% of the population. Okay? Because we start making decisions about who we are and what we are and all that, and then we just stack all these limits on ourselves, right? But Hatsumi Sensei's idea was the training should take you through a process, a certain amount of time on the light side of things, right? Positive, powerful, all that kind of stuff, right? Same amount of time on the dark side of things, right? Negative, recognizing this kind of evil and shit like that goes on in the world, but there's a type of power that operates over there as well and that we're developing, right? But you come full circle, and there's that zero again, right? But it's come full circle. And what you've really done is loaded yourself up with lessons and understanding and knowledge and wisdom and skills and abilities and things like that so that you're just pure potential, right? You're not stuck somewhere, right? So Mikio explains it one way. Hatsumi said they explain it another way from the martial side of things, right? Because we're, what we're really doing is combining these three aspects of what it means to be a ninja, right? The Miwo Shinobu, the body capable of enduring, the Kokoro Shinobu, the mind capable of enduring, right? And the Shikiwo Shinobu, right? This perspective that's able to reconcile the, the inner world with the external world and, and things like that and to make sure that basically that we're living to natural laws, right? We're not swimming upstream, um, you know, trying to force our will on things or, you know, whatever. We're not just, it's not, we're not, we're not doing the same thing everybody else is doing, right? With this ongoing struggle. So, uh, but anyway, again, and again, there's the, there's this thing, right? That it just kept coming up over and over again, this idea the goal, right? Uh, we would look at the Kuji, right? These nine, uh, power things, right? There are hand signs and, and mantra, things that we would say and visualizations and whatnot, right? And actually, you know, people get caught up in the Kuji, but there's also, uh, uh, training in a level beyond that, the Juji, right? Protective things. Uh, before the Kuji, right? There's the Goshimbo, psychological self-protection. Uh, before that, there's the, um, the Godai Norin, right? These, these, uh, this ability to change our metabolic and, and emotional state. Um, those kind of things, right? Um, again, nobody's talking about it anymore, right? Or very few, right? And why is that? Well, it's this process that's going on, right? This, this, this 
limitations, right? And they come from three different places. And like I said, I'll talk about those. But um, but this whole idea was to, that if we look at the Kuji, right, we've got the first three levels that are almost entirely physical, right? There's the development of strength. There's the development of power. And then there's this development of 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 health and vibrancy and things like that, which help to nurture this power kind of thing, right? And then there's three levels that we could generally call um, psychological, right? That have to do with tuning in and connecting with others and, and those kind of things, right? Communications and, and again, this musubi, this connection and, and, and bonds and, and those kind of things, right? And then there are these, this, these three levels <coughs> that take us through what we could call the spiritual realm, but we have to remember that um, in the East, spiritual is recognized as psychological things, but it's it, it can't be pinned down easily as a psychological thing, right? Um, the the last part of the second layer, right, the psychological, into this third layer are what Western science might just generally lump into something like ESP, right, these psychic kind of things, right? But it's not like a woo-woo psychic kind of thing. But either way, what you're doing is you're traversing a purely physical realm, a psychological realm, a you got to experience it to understand it kind of realm to get back to this thing that Hatsumi Sensei is talking about with this return to zero, right? You're You're transcending and moving through the different realms to get to this point, right? Again, I'm just outlining what we, you know, what we were exposed to, right? Another one was this idea of being a no limits person, right? So there was a lot of talk about limitations and ferreting out your limitations, right? And so that was going to happen a couple of different ways. It was going to happen physically because either you were going to have a hard time doing some of the training, right? And so you were going to run into strength limitations. You're going to run into flexibility limitations. You're going to run into overall well-being kind of limitations. See, we're right back in the Kuji again, right? Um, you were going to run into or you were going to um, run into things that, that scared you or worried you or whatever, or you had already decided you were going to have to, you were going to bump right into these things where you had already predetermined that you couldn't do something or you couldn't do something very well or whatever. Right. And so the lesson was, and again, physical, mental, emotional, whatever. Right. Okay. That's just not me. I'm not capable of that. That's not natural for me. Blah, blah, blah. All these things. Right. And so what we were always pushed to was you challenge every single one. Right. Because only by challenging them and pushing farther and farther and farther, right, would you actually find what your true limits were, okay? So you would either find that, yes, you were true, that, that's true, right, okay? One, one leg shorter than the other. There's nothing you can do about that, right? Now, you might be able to get a prosthetic. You might be able to get your shoes modified. You might, whatever, okay? Um I, uh, there's a peer that I've been training with for a long time. We see each other every once in a while in Japan. He's from um, uh, Eastern Europe and whatnot. He was in the military and lost both legs, 
right? I've trained with people who lost one, lost a foot, lost a whatever, right? And are training with prosthetics and in their uniforms, moving with their taijutsu, you would never freaking know because they didn't let it get in the way, right? And if it was going to get in the way, they, they would find out, right? Okay. One of the limitations is some of those little securing bands, right? That allow the, the prosthetic to move and all that. Sometimes they snap and then bad shit happens and then they roll and figure it out and go find another rubber band and put it together and whatnot, right? Um, was it as easy for them as it was for everybody else? I don't know. I'm, I'm not in that condition, but couldn't have been super easy, right? Um, a lot of these people have other legs, but these other people may have life things that got in the way that uh, my friend didn't have to overcome, right? Between family things or financial things or, you know, location in the world or personal beliefs or whatever, right? But either way, um, we, ha- we pushed against these things, right? Because we're either going to find that, yes, this is true. Or, no, it's not, and I'm capable of way more, and the limit's way out here. But either way, see, here's here's what most people get stuck in this dichotomy thing because one of our traps, one of our limitations we've inherited from everybody who taught us from early on was that you will hit limits, okay? You will hit a wall. You will hit a ceiling. You know, there's the glass ceiling for certain types of people in business or in the work world or whatever. And these are all bullshit kind of things, right? Okay. And I know you said, say, you just don't understand. Well, you know what? Something's only a limit as long as you accept it as a limit. So, right? Well, humans can't fly. That's why we fucking invented airplanes, right? Or rockets or whatever, right? So um, we figure it out. That's our nature as human beings, right? If we weren't. If it weren't our nature, we'd still be wandering around shitting on ourselves and eating grass or anything else that we could find, right? And fighting for territory with all the other animals that were freaking bigger than us, okay? So it's just, it's our nature, right? To push against limits, to really figure out what what that is. Now, does that mean that all of us do it? No. We know names of people that do it, and then... See, another limitation is we were taught to hate those people because they've made money off of it or they uh, live a different life or they don't donate enough of their money or all this shit. Right. And then, you know, we were taught that, see, we do this. Right. We don't we don't go to college. Right. We work in a factory. Uh, you know, our um, our religion is this. It's, we don't, we don't look at that stuff over there. All that, right? I mean, there's just, there's a lifetime of things to be worked through by the time you even get to the training, right? This is the stuff that I was taught, right? And this is the stuff that I was exposed to. And I either had to accept it and accept that my teachers knew what they were talking about and work on it or do what 90% of my peers did. At some point, say, fuck this. And I'm going to go do this thing over here because it's easier and uh, that fits me better. Okay. Well, okay. Whatever. Right. So anyway, right. But this, this idea of a no limits person, right. Um, and this is the way ninja were described to us, right. We were, we did everything we could to stay away from, you know, the Shokasugi type ninja and all that kind of stuff. Right. Even though we knew 
that was the marketing that was happening, right? Not intentional. We didn't do it, right? To bring people to the art, right? Because there were all these other people in other martial arts that were like, shit, I'm running around. I'm learning boxing so I can punch or I'm learning Taekwondo, you know, Taekwondo so I can kick and I'm learning judo so I can throw and whatever, right? And then what about all this philosophy stuff, right? I'm getting second-handed cliche kind of things. Where are the exercises or the meditations or whatever that I can work on to be like this character or like these historical figures that we learned about and all that, right? Where's all this stuff, right? So, you know, that, that brought people in. But here's the ninja part of it. Remember that no, there's not a ninja list that exists anywhere. Bonsen Shukai, Shoninki, whatever. There's no ninja list that exists that are finite and closed, that are limited and boxed in. Okay? Think about this. Okay? You take the, the ninja juhake, right? Uh, or the, uh, the jidopuken, right? The 16 fists of a ninja. Right. Got all these things. Right. And all these things listed. And then you get to what? Fifteen is Taiken. The body is the weapon. Right. So I can drop the whole damn thing on him or whatever. Right. But then with 16, she's in Ken. She's in Ken. Natural weapons. Right. Could be teeth. Could be the chin. Could be. The lesson is anything that you can use. That's not on the list is on the list, right? There are all these things. What I learned very early on was that every ninja list had an item on there that blew the list wide open and it in, it included that allowed the inclusion of, of everything else that wasn't listed. The list was to get you started and to get your head on straight so that you can move, right? But let's get back to the limitations, right? The no limits person, right? We studied, figured out, pushed, strived, you know, all that kind of stuff to find what our limitations were. And then the ninja thing was great. Now what you're going to do is you're going to present your strengths as weaknesses, as limitations. And you're going to present your your limitations or your weaknesses as strengths. So that you start looking at things differently. But... He looks at things differently. See, if you both believe that your weaknesses are weaknesses and you present it that way, he's going to attack it and there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. But if I learn how to present my weaknesses as strengths, he's more likely to steer around them to try to come in in a different direction. Right? If I present my strengths as weaknesses, He's going to play into them because he thinks he has the advantage. It's a very different thing, right? So even the idea of limitations, right? Will you have them? Of course. We're freaking human, right? But are they what we think they are, right? Again, I'm working toward this thing because there's three different places I'm going to go with this, right, that everybody has whenever it comes to anything but today we're talking about our training, our potential, super success, those kind of things, right? And there's three things that are going to get in the way, always. See, here we are in Nijutsu talking about three again, right? So uh, returning to zero, the lessons on 
becoming a no limits person. And then this other thing, right, was this ideal, this word that kept coming up, right? In today's world, they use words like master and shidoshi and shihan and daishihan and all that kind of stuff, right? But all of those things are externally given. They're signs or recognitions or awards or whatever, right? They're external contrivances. The thing that we were pointing to was this term tatsujin. Tatsujin, if you want to write it down, T-A-T-S-U-J-I-N, okay? So jin is a person, man, points to mankind, that kind of thing, right? Just like the tenchi jin, byakunomaki, right? The, the, uh, the, uh, levels and scrolls of the, of heaven, earth, and mankind, right? Tatsu, now you gotta be careful, you gotta get the kanji right, because, um, this one is a eight or nine stroke kanji, um, but there's some other ones that are more simple, and you gotta be careful, you can't just go looking things up, right, because it's spelled out in, in romaji, right? So, but tatsu, right, um, in this case means, uh, to reach, it means completed, um, it, can mean to build, but there's another kanji that's better suited to that one, right? But um, it it points to something that is accomplished, right? So a tatsujin is a complete human being. A tatsujin is a fully actualized human being, okay? So we were taught very early on to be very, very careful about the words we use because we're not, as a ninja, we're not looking to become superhuman, right? Which implies that we have something beyond human, right? But we're looking to become superhuman, to become so human, to fully actualize as many abilities and as many um, of our faculties as possible, right? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, right? Um, as possible, right? so as to be able to act and be successful in as many realms as possible, okay? The word Tatsujin, if you do some historical research, especially within the martial arts, you're going to see that the, the name Tatsujin uh, can also, if you look it up in Google Translate, right, you're probably going to see things like master or expert or uh, someone who's adept very ad uh, or an adept, right, somebody who's very, very good at something, right? Um in, in the old days, it was very often used as a, as an identifier for like a swords master, right? A, a master swordsman, right? A tatsujin, right? So it can mean fully realized or they've reached this pinnacle of or whatever, right? But in this context, from the ancient scrolls, it points to someone who's operating on all faculties, right? As many of our systems working as possible. I mean, modern science says we're, we're only operating on what? Seven to 9% of our brain capacity, right? So that's why there are these uh, meditations and, and mental exercises and stuff like that. Uh, awareness things, the things that, that allow us to, to uh, uh, recognize the Saki, the force of the killer or the Kuji, right? The presence of danger that is not projected. Right. The difference in Saki, right, is the, this killer, right? It's killer intent that you're picking up on. 
the level above that, right, is Kuji, not not the, but it's related, right? But this Kuji is the ability to detect danger without that that has no intent. Okay, so it could be an inanimate, inanimate object coming at you, right? You're in the middle of a storm, and freaking tree's been ripped out of the out of the the ground, and it's the wind's throwing it in your direction, right? There's no intent. The the tree is not intending to kill you. The wind is not intending to kill you. I don't give a shit what anybody who's victim oriented likes to say, right? Well, knowing my luck, you know, fucking uh, Mother Nature will try to screw me over and. Mother Nature doesn't give a shit rat's ass about anybody. Mother Nature does Mother Nature's things. We're either tied into it or we're not, right? But see, there's another one of those limitations, right? Because I believe that I'm not worthy of very much, then the world is conspiring to get me, right? Or whatever, right? Uh, uh, James, when did we go over the uh, – maybe that was in one of the platinum uh, coaching calls when I went over the the enemies within the, the realms. I think we went through the – the Tibetan Wheel of Life. Was that it? Okay. So anyway, um, see what you don't get or see what you miss out on when uh, <laughs> you're not in those programs, right? Just a bunch of woo-woo shit from some fat old bald guy that uh, has been around probably longer than uh, most people have been alive. I do have a couple of students that are my age and older. Um, anyway, so, uh, but this idea, this Tatsujin, right, which pointed to Kuji, right? And these three levels of training, working on each aspect as you move along and, and working on, uh, you know, if you, if, um, uh, if, if any of you know who Jack Hoban, uh, is, uh, he was one of my, uh, not, he wasn't a peer. He was one of my first teachers. Um, now we didn't have a formal teacher student relationship. I just always bumped into him at seminars and, and things like that. Right. Um, but he, he wrote a couple of books way back in the day, uh, one on Hanbo Jutsu, one on knife fighting. It's called Tanto Jutsu, right? Um, but, uh, the first, I think the first one and the most, most ninja-like, all-encompassing kind of thing was called Ninpo Living and Thinking as a Warrior, right? If you can find the damn book, right? You owe it to yourself to read those books, right? Uh, Essence of Ninjutsu, right? Uh, by Hatsumi Sensei. Those kind of things, right? Um, uh, the things that have parts in them that are about combat and what most people think of as martial arts, right? But most don't, right? Most of the books do not. It is absolutely crucial to what we're doing. And it's absolutely a part of our system. But most people aren't, aren't getting it, right? It's not that they don't get it because they're not smart enough. It's that they're not being presented with it, right? Because, again, my contention is and will be until you put dirt on me, is that this has been reduced to just another martial arts option among martial arts options, okay? So how the hell did we get from late 70s, 1980 when I got involved, right, where – Shit, we were working on stealth. We were working on uh, ESP stuff, right? We would do uh, things with these cards, right? The teacher would hold up a card, and uh, you had to be able to identify uh, what the card was, just like an ESP test kind of thing, right? Except ours had, like, uh, 
like a coiled rope or a sword or a shirt again or whatever on it. Right. Um, or we were detecting uh, intent right from across the room. Right. Have a whole bunch of people that are that are looking at you and whatnot. And only one person. Right. Was thinking about doing harm to you. They were visualizing harm or having people sneaking up behind you and stuff like that. Right. All kinds of wild, crazy stuff. Um to really get the full aspect of the art. Uh, how do we get from there to where everything is just Budo Taijutsu, right? That ninjutsu stuff. Uh, there's a whole faction within, within the Bujinkan, right? Uh, yeah, we, we don't really do ninjutsu. That's, that's, that, no. As a matter of fact, we've never done that. Um, those people over there or the couple of names here that, uh, they, they made it all up. Okay. Whatever you want to believe. Okay. But remember that whatever you believe to be true, is true if for no, no one else but you, and it will dictate your thoughts, your words, your plans, your actions, your decisions, everything, right? It's bad enough when other people are layering limitations on us, and we have to overcome the shit that we, we were conditioned by growing up, right? Um, it's a whole other thing we do it to ourselves, right? Anyway, so... Um, James, do you have anything to throw on top of this or, or is any any like stories or anything pop up for you uh, before I take a look at these three avenues, three channels that that help to stack these limitations that we're going to have to be mindful of? you have anything? He's just shaking his head in the background. <laughs> I can see him and you can't. All right. So uh, and, and you know what? Any Any questions or comments or anything come in so far? Other than hey, there you are. He lived. I wasn't just talking to myself. No, uh, well, Jimmy said it's more like going back to the beginning when you were talking about the return to zero. It is but you don't know what that beginning was like because you can't relate to a brand to yourself as a brand new baby that didn't know the language that could have been taught any language could have been born into any culture that is completely stainless, right? That is unaffected by the thoughts, beliefs or whatever of the people around them, the culture, the social mores, the, the guilting and shaming that can occur, and all that kind of stuff, right? There's a there's a Zen, I don't know if it's a koan or not. There's this Zen uh, saying, right, that uh, to an untrained person, trees are trees, rocks are rocks, rivers are rivers. James, you know this one I'm talking about? I believe right? so. Yeah, to a student on the path, trees are no longer trees, Mountains are no longer mountains. Rocks are no longer rocks. Rivers are no longer rivers. To a master, to a completed or to an enlightened master, trees are once again trees. Mountains are once again mountains. Rocks are guns. Uh, rivers are one. That kind of thing, right? And that's where it ends, right? But to look at that, you go, well, shit. What the hell is the point if I'm going to end up at the end the same way I was at the beginning? But you're not. Without the student's understanding 
and exploration and study to learn to look at every tree as that tree and to, to break it all apart and, and to understand all these different things. Right. And, and, and to, again, to, to blow things apart. Right. I don't mean literally. Right. But uh, to, to, to look at processes and, and energy and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Because the difference between the person at the beginning, and this is why we don't want to go back. Right. People, to people that quit before they understand, right. They jump onto another martial art or whatever. They have this need to go back to the beginning more because they either don't understand the process or because they mistake, they, they, they stop seeing big lessons. So every class isn't like a big aha moment, right? It's also not fucking confusing either, right? <laughs> but um, they, uh, they need that, right? They need those big lessons to feel like they're learning something. They haven't been taught that the lessons and the breakthroughs will become tinier and tinier. But when I get this one, it will affect almost everything else that I'm doing. To a beginner, I learned this cool little move. That cool little move is just that cool little move and that technique in that belt rank, in that whatever, right? So what ends up happening is people will quit when they don't feel like they're learning anything new and it's either their fault because they are not listening or it's the teacher's fault because they can't take them any farther and they haven't told them you need to go find somebody else. I can't, this, this is, this is as far as I can take you because I'm still working on the next level. If they're still working on the next level or you have some freaking charlatan who's trying to blow smoke up your ass and convince you that they know way more than they do. Okay. Because they have a need for disciples because the rest of their life feels like shit to them. Okay. And again, this goes back to these three avenues. But anyway, um, so to, to the average person, you know, when they look at trees, they see trees that they saw in the past. They're not really looking at those trees. They recognize it as a tree, but they're not looking at that tree as an individual. They do the same thing to human beings, right? I don't trust him. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of my Uncle Jack. He's not your fucking Uncle Jack. Why would you, why would you dishonor and and piss on that person? Because you didn't like your Uncle Jack, and this guy looked like him, dressed as like him, has vocal tones or has mannerisms or whatever. You don't know that, yeah, I'm like, because we're just freaking, we're like a rock skipping across the, the lake, right? We're not really touching, we're not really experiencing the lake. We're just kind of having little moments of contact, right? Because all that matters is that I get from here to over there and I get what I want and get as, you know, the least amount of wet as possible, right? I want to get there quickly and whatever. So, we're literally, and, we're, and, and here's the irony. People like this are always talking about successful people, rich people, whatever, like stepping on other people to get where they're going. When the reality is we all fucking do it. Okay. You start to make progress when you realize that you do the same shit you're blaming other people for. Anyway, that being said, right? So, 
um, the, the average person does this, right? So the process, the training process, right? And this, this gets me because I just had somebody else do it again. Uh, you know, I run Bujinkan Society, right? That, that page or that group that I inherited from, uh, uh, was named Jeff Brown, right? And so had somebody apply for, for, you know, to join the other day or whatever. And I let him in, right? Next thing I know, there's eight freaking videos that he popped in there. And of course I have to, you know, review these things before I let him in and everything, every single one of them. Now this guy joined the Bujinkan society, but then loaded up with eight videos of people slamming the Bujinkan and he made video collages of like people in the dojo training and learning how to just kind of move off angle to avoid a punch and is like, does this look like a real fight? Or, and then shows video footage of people freaking riding in a, in a, in a parking lot, right? Does this, you know, doing the, you know, kind of subtle kind of shifting and just we're, we're practicing balance and, and, you know, balance control and, and climbing and things like that. Right. And then flashing to somebody on top of somebody else, just pounding him into the ground. Right. Just trying to make these points. Right. Well, that's like comparing kids in first grade, learning how to write the language and then showing somebody else on a freaking word processor flying through it, like 200 words a minute. Right. Writing a novel and going, does this look like you could actually write a book with it? No, you freaking moron. It's not designed for that. So what the hell? Right? Anyway, so just there's this weird freaking agenda, right? It's the process and breaking things apart and looking at them, right? The process is not the fight. The dojo is not the fight. The training is not the fight. I know people want to try to get there, but you'll get there, right? But there's a lot of things that we can't do in the dojo. Or if why do we have things breaking through? We have sound breaking through. I don't know what's going. On. Anyway, all right. So hopefully it's not too bad. And it's not coming over on your side, but I'm getting all kinds of weird. Uh, stuff coming through my, my system here. Either way, right? So um, people confuse the process for the thing, right? One of my teachers was really big on this. Former Marine, lots of experience, right? Lots of experience. Um, would always point out, right, that the training is not the fight. We can get close, but it's still not the fight. Because until I can stick my thumb in your or in your ocular socket and smash your eyeball and we can still be friends, it's not the same. Unless I can really punch you in the throat and there's no rules in training, right? Not even the, you know, the, we're going to stop it, you can tap out, all that kind of, As long as that shit exists, it's not the same as the street, which is why we need drills and, and all these kind of things. And we come at it from different perspectives to load you up. So hopefully when the time is right, it comes out the way it needs to come out. How do I know that? Because I have experience with things coming out, right? And recognizing that, man, there was a lot of mental work that had to go into being able to tactile, working on the tactile sense to be able to recognize when something is happening and getting out of my left brain step by step with doing a mushadori or an onikudaki or whatever so that in the moment, 
when that clicked in my subconscious uh, recognition factors, recognize that, right? I would do the same technique or do a technique like it, like I did on the floor, because that's wired into muscle memory. But it's going to happen at speed, right? So, but people want to take, and again, everybody exposes their agenda as soon as they open their mouths, right? I do, right? My agenda is get your head out of your ass, right? And recognize that there's more going on than what you think is going on, right? I had to reconcile that a long time ago. My Miko teacher looked at me and said, Jeff, when, when the teachings are saying that everything's an illusion, it doesn't mean that there's nothing really going on. What it means is there's stuff going on. It's just that what you think is going on is not it, right? You need to be able to pierce the illusion. And the first part of piercing it is recognizing that what's going on is not what's going on, okay? It's not what it, okay? Our reality for, as human beings is not the ultimate thing. Reality for a freaking amoeba looks completely different. I don't know what it looks like because I'm not a freaking amoeba, right? Same thing for a canary. Same thing for a freaking earthworm or whatever, right? But we want to walk around like we're gods or goddesses or whatever you want to identify as, right? Um, because we have this intellect and we have this memory and we've we've chugged down a whole bunch of data that now we can, what? Ego can can judge me that whatever, right? Okay. So, but it's this process, right? So you go through this process and you tear trees apart and rocks and whatever, right? And you really start to explore what's really going on. And that means you look at your sensory input, right? Um, spend a day or a week focusing on nothing but sight. Does that mean you can't hear, taste? No, of course not, right? But you're going to work with your sight consciousness and recognize that there's a difference between the sensory input device and the conscious process that picks it up and how that gets fed to other things. And there's recognition and judgment and all that stuff, right? So and then you spend a day or a week or a month on hearing, on taste, on whatever, right? Very, very different, right? Know thyself, right? Um, anyway, so <clears throat> there's that process. So students go through everything from confusion to just trying to get their head wrapped around things and whatever, right? You come out on the other end, and now because of the process, okay, because we, we have to leave the process behind because otherwise – we're stuck and limited because we have to do it an official way. Sound like anybody, you know, saying you have to throw kata away. You have to throw your techniques away. Now, can you? No, of course not. They're a part of you, but you can stop always running the process because that's the official process. And if you don't do it exactly this way, you're wrong. You're a wretch. You're, you know, whatever, right? You're not a part of XYZ organization. You're an asshole. You're whatever, right? Okay. Because when you come out on the other end, when I deal with this guy that looks like my Uncle Jack, dresses like my Uncle Jack, has these mannerisms or whatever, right? I don't even have to remember that he's not my Uncle Jack. I'm going to deal with him and I might joke every once in a while and go, man, 
God, you sound a lot like Michael Jack, or you tell jokes like Michael Jack or whatever. Right. And, you know, this person, if he's on the same level or close or she's on the same level or close. Right. I don't know why my Uncle Jack. Never mind. It's 21st century. Right. So um, but they might joke and go, was that a good thing or a bad thing? It's just a thing. Right. It's just there's just these little cues right there in my memory. Right. They're in my storehouse consciousness. So just triggered this little um, what? Not a recognition, but um, kind of a correlation kind of thing. Right. Whatever. Okay. So to this fully actualized master. They don't see a tree. They don't see a tree. They see that tree from this angle. Right. Okay. And when they look at a tree, it, you know, you know, those old adages, right? Take time, man. Stop. Smell the roses. Right. Walk barefoot across the grass. Okay. What is that experience? Because it's not something you can just do up here. Mm, it's wet. It's squishy. I don't like it. When the hell did like even come into the factor or into the into the process? Right. What is it like? It's about being fully awake, fully aware, fully actualized. Right. You can walk across the grass and not like it. You don't ever have to do it again. But you can't. Well, you can. People do it all the time. You can't say you don't like walking across grass or you wouldn't like it if you've never done it. And I know that just sounds like mom and dad talking. Right. But you know what? Mom and dad taught you how to limit yourself and, and say these things anyway, because that's what they did. Right. So it was kind of hypocritic, hypocritical. <laughs> right. But either way. Right. So anyway, um, I know that probably didn't clear it up, but what we're trying to do to the best of our ability is to get back to this state of, and um, I, I know in a, in, in a previous, in a previous lesson, I don't know if it was Kudan or whatever, right? We went through the 12 fold chain of dependent origination, which is about cause and effect and uh, whatever. And in Buddhism, they talk about cutting out, um, cutting ignorance, right? To destroy this thing so that you, you break free from the, cha this, the samsaric chains of, this merry-go-round kind of living, right? But you you never really cut it at ignorance, right? You actually cut it at grasping, right? So there's this mindfulness to recognize that when I get this impulse, right, there's this momentary stop. Is that what's really needed? Will this serve me? That kind of thing, right? Now, in a full-on life-or-death fight or whatever, um, you know, you're going to do whatever you need to do, hopefully your training has, has integrated and allowed you to fail enough to know when techniques are not good ideas, when you have the right amount of space, when the kudai dori and all that kind of stuff is where it needs to be to be able to snatch something and you're not just acting like two, three-year-olds in a freaking sandbox, just slap fighting and, you know, hoping you're going to land a couple, right? But either way, right? So, um, the, the process is really, really important, right? But it's about if we're really trying to be successful, right? If we're tired of spinning our wheels, right? Trying to move forward, right? 
We have to stop doing things the same way. That includes beliefs, thoughts, planning, words, whatever. And we have to start looking at where we're jammed up, right? In in the life purpose discovery process that I have, um, for those of you that have it, you, you probably already know what I'm talking about, right? The first two exercises are all about identifying wants and don't wants kind of thing, right? So it, and even the don't want exercise one is about getting to exercise two because more people are conditioned to think in the negative and to think about shit they don't want than if I were to stop and say, well, what do you want? What would your perfect life look like? Oh, to watch their eyes just like freeze and their brain lock up because they don't really they can't come up with nearly the same number on what would be in their perfect life as they can with all the shit they don't want to have to deal with. Right. So, but this whole work is to come up with three, four, no more than like six, right. Things that would be part of your perfect life. Or if we're trying to, you know, uh, be a title two master or whatever we're doing, right. We come up with these things and then exercise three is about recognizing that the first step is not in working on them, right? It's in going ahead and using that negative perspective and identifying the things that are currently preventing those things from happening. Finding my limitations. And those limitations are either internal, they're external, or they're vehicular. And what I mean is the system or process that I'm using that somebody told me I had to use or whatever, right? That the way I'm going about doing it, one or more of those things are flawed. Okay. But if they're right, right? Then if I eliminate them, if I eliminate the limitations, then this state or goal or whatever that I want should happen automatically. But what most people do is they allow the limitations to remain and then they struggle like hell to make things happen in spite of the limitations. It's the height of insanity, right? Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's it just sounds counterintuitive. If I if I'm right about what's preventing me from moving forward and I eliminate those things, then I should by default, get what, I, what, what it was that I was striving to get. If I don't, then I need to stop drinking my own Kool-Aid. And I need to go back to work to figure out what the actual limitations are. And in that case, one of those limitations are or is my own delusion, right? That somehow I don't have some kind of play in this, right? So, uh, but again, it's just, you know, if you have the program, you know what I'm talking about or, or take a quick look at it again. If you don't, you can always, you know, send us a message and we'll hook you up. Right. As they say. Right. But anyway, so what I'm going to do is kind of round this out, just kind of finish this up and then we'll open it up to any questions or comments that came in to take a look at these three avenues. I just mentioned them. These three places that limitations come from that we're going to need to face recognize, identify, those kind of things, right, and work through, okay? We either need to eliminate them because they can be, 
We need to minimize them because they can't be eliminated. So we're going to reduce them and minimize them to the greatest degree possible. Right. Or we have to recognize that, yes, that like I'm human. Right. So there's certain things. As far as I know at the moment, certain things, um, human being, right, certain age, da, 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 right, got so many years left, blah, 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 right, Um, that, okay, now what, okay, what do I do with this, how do I turn that limitation into a strength? Just like years ago when I had that really, really bad accident and went from, like, fully functional, like, forward handsprings and all that kind of stuff to two back injuries, brain damage and all that kind of stuff. And doctors not knowing if I was going to be able to continue to teach physical martial arts and all that. Right. Okay, great. First, first thing my brain did was ask a question and it wasn't a lamenting depressed question. It was an honest question. Okay. What can I do moving forward with what I have? And I started exploring And while I was healing, I was also building a secondary business as a workplace violence consultant because I understood violence. I understood how to protect people. I understood how to teach people how to protect themselves, planning, assessments, all that kind of stuff, right? It just didn't have to be in a dojo. It didn't have to be as a police officer wearing a badge. It didn't have, right? What can I do with what I have that can continue moving forward and the limitation now is null and void. It's no longer a limitation. It's only a limitation in this box over here called a dojo. It's not a limitation over here. And the checks are bigger. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if that whispering came through, but did it? <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So there's three avenues that cause things to get jammed up and, three avenues that these limitations come from that one um, we've been amassing through our lives, right? Two, we may not even know that they're operating or we don't know to look in these areas. And three, if we don't handle them and overcome them, your chances of succeeding are damn near close to zero. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Okay. But the upside is it's all on you. You, 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 you. See? Me, 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 me. You've always wanted it to be about me. There you go. Right? Okay? So mama can't do it. Your teacher can't do it. Whatever. Okay? Alright, so three. First one is internal. It's all about me. Okay? Could be, and we're going to have to explore, explore these things, right? Could be fear, right? Could be uh, lack of confidence, lack of belief in self, um, you know, self-doubt, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, could be that I actually do have some physical things, right? I'm at a certain age. Um, I got some wear and tear on this body, right? Because of things I've done in my past and whatever, right? Um, experiences that I've had, things I've had to survive, whatever, right? So I'm going to have to find what those things are, okay? But there are ultimately always internal, self-directed kind of things. It's coming from me, right? I'm either carrying it with me physically, scars, bulging disc in my back, whatever, right? Arthritis in my hips and knees, 
whatever, right? Okay. Or it's way internal um, when it comes to uh, how I see myself, what I believe that I'm capable of, right? I love when when somebody tells me that I don't understand, right? Um, and I, you know, like, well, why don't you apply for a, a different type of job? Well, you don't understand. No, I do understand, right? You keep applying for the same type of jobs because consciously or unconsciously, you don't think that you're worthy of anything bigger or that nobody will hire you for that. So instead of getting a different education, getting a different skill set, actually just throwing yourself out there and applying for things, right, in spite of the fact that you don't believe that, that you can get it, right? It's just easier to hate these other people because they have something that you want but you don't believe you can have but it's just easier to make it about them. But unless they shackled you to a fucking corner, it's not about them. Unless you walked into the place and they went, not even, not in a million years. It's not about them. Right? If you can't even bring yourself to fill out the damn form without a lump in your throat and not in your gut, or if you can't make yourself do that in spite of the lump and the twisted gut and all that kind of stuff, it ain't about them. Okay, we need to recognize and overcome these internal limitations, or we can't move forward. Okay? Not unless Aunt Minnie dies and wills, wills us a million dollars. And I don't know about you, but I don't have an Aunt Minnie. That's I don't have an Aunt Minnie. Period. So I, let alone being rich and might will me a million dollars. Okay, and I used to get that from my teachers all the time. That that Aunt Minnie thing, right? I didn't make that up. That was shit that I heard over and over and over again, right? Talk about whatever the topic was, right? And, you know, so unless you've got an Aunt Minnie who's going to run in here and drop a box on your lap with that in it, right, um, you're going to have to do this for yourself. It was all about personal responsibility, okay? Second one, second avenue is external, right? So this is about other people. This is about the lessons you got before you were even, like, cognizant enough to um, – to even know what people were talking about it. You didn't even know the language, but it got planted, right? And then as you learned the language, these things started to make sense, but at a subconscious level because you're not having these thoughts, but they might be affecting dreams. They might be affecting decision-making, right? Punishment or not that you got growing up, uh, the way people talk to you. Um, remember, super nurtured, can't get in trouble, just as freaking poisonous, but in different ways as somebody who's getting beaten all the time. Okay. So, right. Um, the type of mentors you had, what they said, how they taught, how they lived, decisions they made and whatnot that you thought I'm going to mirror that. Right. Again, subconsciously, unconsciously, consciously, whatever. Right. Okay. Um, education that you got, education that you accepted. Right. Stuff that you decided to pursue um, and and how that stuff came to you, right? So you may have chosen the books, right? Oh, I think I'll read about that, right? So that's an internal interest, but the way the information was conveyed, okay? Find three history books on World War II from three different perspectives, and you have three different perspectives on the reality of World War II, but if you read all three without trying to figure out which one is the right one, you'll have a broader understanding of how different people viewed the rightness and wrongness of World War II. Anyway, 
Okay. I'm just trying to give you examples of how you break free from this shit, right? Because again, if we don't get this fixed, if we don't, if we don't handle internal limitations, our chances of succeeding to the degree that we would want, that we want to succeed, it's not zero. It's nothing is zero, right? Um, but it's, it's pretty damn close, right? If we don't overcome the shit that other people taught us that we accepted as true, I don't care if they beat it into us or they explained it in a way that, well, that made sense, right? Or, um, you know, we looked at a bunch of different examples and stuff and then came up with our own little formulation, right? And then accepted that, right? That's the world teaching us from a limited perspective, but, you know, we accepted it and now we make all of our decisions based on that. It's still external, right? But if you've got, you know, uh, God, we haven't gotten one in a long time, James, but, you know, every once in a while we get the, the, the emails where, you know, I want to do this. I'm going to be the pro- your, your prodigal student. So I'm going to be the best you ever had, but I can't afford it and I don't have any time to train and my wife won't let me and my dog died and whatever. Right. <laughs> All this shit. Right. I'm not saying that any of those things are wrong. Right. They may be absolutely true, but who's allowing them to occur? Who's allowing them to get in the way? Right. Who's right. And see, now this starts to tie back into other things. Right. Because if I've got an over domineering, you know, uh, home life or work schedule or whatever. Right. And I won't make changes. Or negotiate for changes or whatever, because fears start to boil up and and I realize that, well, see, oh, I'd rather be happy than right the hell is that? Right? Right? How about being alone? Right? Most people don't make certain decisions with friends, family, significant others or whatever, because they fear being alone. And I'll tell you something my Mikio teacher told me a long time ago. There's one thing worse than being alone. You know what that is? Being with somebody who makes you wish you were. And that's that. Anyway, right? So you have all these external things, right? You got to deal with those kind of things, right? Right? If we don't, we got a problem, okay? I was just thinking about this earlier today, right? Um, uh, there's uh, uh, what's that bias? Um, uh, just had this. It's not cognitive. Um, oh. Conscious bias. You know what I'm talking about, James? Where we believe something to be true, so we only read, watch, whatever, things that validate my belief. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Right? Um, when that meets cognitive dissonance, that means you can't see your own bullshit. Right? So you speak one way, think a different way, and act a different way. Right? When those two meet, you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting anywhere you want to go, right? Because you won't look in the areas that you need to look, right, which are going to cause some discomfort because it's not what you're used to, but it's what you need, right? And if you can't stop tripping over yourself or acting in three different directions and you can't get all the things to line up, right, thought, word, and deed to all go in the same direction, if it happens, it's going to be luck. And if that's your thing, Nietzsche is not for you. Mikio's not for you. Any 
personal responsibility based success system is not for you. Right? Go buy yourself a cake, throw a bunch of candles on it, light them all up, make a big ass wish and blow them out. Sprinkle some pinksy dust, whatever, right? And hope that baby magic actually friggin' works. Okay? Anyway, all right. So internal, got to handle those. External, got to handle those. As painful as they may be, right, or fear-inducing or whatever as they may be, they got to be handled, right? And the last one is vehicular or process-driven, okay? So what this is is... We, we have certain habit patterns and we do things a certain way because we were taught that's the way it gets done. Okay. So this is not about somebody standing right there and teaching us. Right. But it's also, um, it's also believing or not believing that something will work because what you got nothing. Right. Well, I don't think that's going to work. Right? And that wouldn't work for me. Or, Oh, I've tried that before, and that doesn't work. Really? You know how Tsumi Sate says about trying? Okay? If you've tried to master this martial art, right? If you've tried to get this stuff, and you've been working at it and trying for 10 years, and you still don't get it, yeah, okay. Probably best to quit and go do something else. 10 years. 10 years. I got people that jump on my freaking videos and can't watch a 10-minute video for more than 40 seconds without jumping off because, what, they automatically make assumptions about whether the stuff works, whether it's right, whether it's not. Or, better than that, James, you know about the one from uh, the last video, right, not this current one, where the guy wrote that big, long thing and I was going to do the three points and, and, and answer things and whatnot, and then... Somehow, I don't know if he listened to it through this or not, right? Or somebody contacted him or whatever, right? But he took it down. So now for me to put those damn answers up is, well, shit, right? So I was a day late and a dollar short, right? But he watched, like, I don't even know if he watched a couple of seconds of it before putting this long-ass diatribe about why the stuff wouldn't work. And everything that he mentioned, James knows, everything that he mentioned I had already addressed in the video as to why, how it worked, when, when that would be appropriate, what if it doesn't work, all this kind of stuff. And I have experience at using that stuff against real bad guys. So don't tell me about it won't work with intent or when somebody attacks me with intent. Um, bullshit. If I break the bones in the back of his hand and not just do little training knock-knocks, right? And that's that's freaking painful enough, right? And if it doesn't, I address that already because some people are just jacked on chemicals. And if you hit them, they don't feel anything, right? This will stop working so well, right? But they can't feel it. So I just go to the next thing, right? That's part of training too, unless our training process is flawed and we're only doing step by step by step by step kata because I confuse that with the training and not that as an aspect of the training as an initiation to the training either way. Right. So when the vehicle limits me is either my willingness to give something a try or my belief that, well, see, that's not going to work because my 
cousin's uncle Bob's sister's second college roommate told me that this martial art or that thing or this technique wouldn't work is the best is the whatever. Right. So yes, other people taught me, but my belief isn't about what they're saying. My belief is about whether or not the process will work. The number of people that I have watched quit this art over the decades because it didn't look like they always saw fights happen and they couldn't get their head wrapped around the idea that if I fight like everybody else fights like, they will know what I'm doing and I lose all advantage. So I need to understand how people fight. I need, then I need to understand how to apply these lessons to those fighter types to have a significant advantage because that forces jack wagon to make up shit and come up with a solution for me to, to, to dealing with me on the fly. He can't rely on any of his past experience or his knowledge because nothing is happening the way he has always seen it happen and expects for it to happen again. But because it's not the same and it doesn't look the same, instead of trying to figure it out and understand the logic of how it fits, or if I can't get the answers from this teacher, go fucking find another one. Right? And I get out of the mutual admiration society, right? I go to one forum, one Facebook page or whatever. I toss a question out and then I'm just going to go by what the majority says. How the hell do you know what the, that they know what they're talking about? Right. I talked about this when I first started this this episode. I've watched the art go from full potential. Just another martial art. It's another martial art option among martial arts options. And now people are now there's more infighting inside the organization than there was arguing with other people about whether the art works or not. Right. So what the how did that happen? Internal beliefs. Students who became teachers who, because of self-doubt or fears or not liking certain types of uh, training or whatever, right, right, or, or certain lessons and philosophies and whatnot, right, that counteracted, mm-mm, mm-mm, right, right, that ran contrary to what other people taught them was true, whatever, right, not looking at that, right, so we're just going to, we're just going to not do that part, right, okay, Next generation, uh, we're not going to do the, and eventually what ends up happening is it just fucking whittles down to what most people are comfortable doing. I don't know the last time anybody looked, but we're doing ninja to, which means ninja operatives were hired to go work solo in elements and environments where you were the only sane fucking individual in the town that could see things that other people couldn't. And I know that because they wouldn't have hired you if everybody, <laughs> if everybody had the answer, if everybody had the skills, right? It's like when I get hired into a corporation to do things. The, the assumption I make when I go in is I'm partnering with the executive um, 
group, right, the C-suite, because they're hiring me for skills that they don't have in-house. I'm not going to go in groveling for a job and, and being a yes man. Oh, yes, yes, you have the solution. Uh, yes, you're hiring me to do the work. You can hire some friggin' lackey for way less than I charge to come in here. You're hiring me for my perspective and my way of looking at things. You don't have anybody in-house that can do that, and you don't have anybody in-house that can recognize the problem for what it is. Because if you did, you would have already solved the problem. Now, that doesn't make me egotistical or anything like that. It's just recognizing that what Fortune 100, 500, or 1,000 company would hire an expensive consultant to come in to do things for them that they could already do for themselves? That sounds like the way poor people think rich people hire servants. I don't want to do that, so I'm going to hire somebody else to do it for me. How about I'm so freaking busy in the projects that I'm in that I don't have time to do it, but it needs done, and I'm willing to pay this person to do it so they can. I'm helping them to support their family. How about that? Are there other people that do it because they don't want to? Yeah, but eh? there's lots of people also that that think um, you know whatever job is good enough. Regardless of how much we're scraping by, because, you know, every week I'm buying a couple of lotteries tickets and one of these days we're going to hit it. Bet you're not getting there as fast as you would like. The money spent on lottery tickets. I know it's only a couple of bucks, but what could that be used for to move that person? And again, I'm not telling people how to live their lives. But what I'm not listening to when it comes back at me is people's excuses about why their lives are not where they want them to be, but they won't look at the decisions and, and things like that that they make for themselves or the limitations that they saddle themselves with and actually fucking cling to. Right. I mean, just they won't let go. If if and, and here's one of my mentors, <laughs> right. If your if your uh, if your system if your process if your whatever if your strategy if your shit works then then it works our lives are a mirror karmically cause and effect our lives are mirrors of the choices we make. Richard Bach, we design our lives through the power of our choices. Okay, recognize that, and in Mikyo, we have this, we have this uh, one little act of meditation, right? Since beginningless time, I have sown seeds um, that have generated negative thought, word, and deed. I wish to acknowledge and atone for all. What it basically means is, for as long as I can remember, right? I've done the best I can with what I have. Right. I just kind of moving through life accidentally had a whole bunch of these little sound bites and snippets and whatnot leading. Right. But now I'm awake. I'm going to pay attention. Right. And I'm going to do better. Right. I'm going to recognize that which is not working for me and not producing the results I've wanted to produce, no matter how pleasant it is. And that's it's got to go. Right. I'm 
I have to recognize that certain things are necessary components to produce the results I want, no matter how unpleasant they are. And I'm going to have to do those things. If I want the results. If not, dot, dot, dot. All right, that's where I'm going to let it trail off. So internal base limitations or beliefs, expectations, those kind of things. External base beliefs, expectations, things that we got from other people, right? Or people are literally in the way, right? Certain people, either because of the position you're in, work-wise or whatever, or, you know, they, they won't let you do certain things, right? You can't have time off. You have to work mandatory overtime, whatever, right? Or you've chosen to be with somebody who you give the power to, to not allow you to do certain things. Meanwhile, they can do whatever they want. Okay. Whatever. Right. Okay. That's called enslavement, by the way. Okay. For all the people that are running around in today's world, condemning it. Right. There's a lot of people that I know that have chosen to be slaves or at the very, uh, the best, right. The least the indentured servants, you know, get a weekly allowance of 60 bucks, whatever. Right. You do these things because, right. Whatever. Okay. Um, and or the processes or vehicles or systems or whatever that we're using. Or we don't, we won't use because we've assumed that they don't work or we were told by somebody else that it doesn't work or this is best or whatever. Right. Okay. So anyway, ultimately, like I've talked about in the past, this ultimately all goes back and it always will go back to a choice between living accidentally and living intentionally. And that's all I got. Right. So the, the trick to becoming a no limits person is to is to find the limits. Right. And deal with. Them. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's worth it. It's always been my story. I'm not changing it. The day it becomes not worth it is the day I'm not doing that because I can put my time, effort, energy, and resources in something else that's worth it, right? Prioritizing, right, and deciding, right? I know someone in my life right now who is extremely intelligent. I mean, like, testing the genius levels. But he is, to the same degree that he is fucking genius, He's that lazy. And so his chances of success are not zero, but they're pretty damn close. Because until he's willing to execute on the knowledge and put that knowledge to use in a way that produces the kind of results he says he wants, he has to hope that other people let him sleep on his couch or on their couch. Or whatever is what it is right all right james that spur anything questions comments complaints sensei you're an asshole before they jumped off Any <laughs> uh julia just commented that she thought it took 20 years to train to be a ninja or at least that is what the ninjas in the 80s movies said hmm yeah, sorry, it's 40. It's not a joke. 20 on the light side, 
understanding positive energy, success, those kind of things, and 20 on the negative. Now, when I heard that, I was, say I was stationed in South Korea, I was 18, 19 years old. So I'm like, holy shit, I got to do that half until I'm 38, 39, and then I got to do the other 20, so that's going to put me at what, 58, 59, so... That must mean that I'm just completing the negative side of things. So maybe I can soon be qualified to teach you guys this stuff. Nope. That's what we said. They clarified that a long time ago. You started your training on the light side of things, which is going to require you as an adult to go back and look at those things. You, well, some of us got things backwards. But anyway, <laughs> um, you started that with childhood because you learned about fairness. You learned about love. You learned about all that kind of stuff. Right about 20-ish, right, get out in the world, you start understanding just how fucking self-centered and mean and manipulative and shit like that human beings can be to each other can make people pretty freaking cynical. So how do you navigate that? Okay. So that roughly coordinates or uh, correlates to the Japanese idea of the yakudoshi, right? Your 40th year. In Japanese, uh, in Japan, uh, your 40th year, 40th birthday, um, you're, you should have figured out your life path. Okay. But that requires that you have explored, you have been exposed to things, you've experienced, you've those kind of things, right? Um, there's certain things that each decade's kind of transition. I don't remember them all at the moment, but I do remember when that was brought up because I was in my late 20s, I think, and I learned that. I thought, wow, I got time. And then I didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing was I was given all the all the cool tools, right? Dream, dream big. Here's how you visualize. Here's creative visualization. Here's, you know, uh, uh, ferreting out limitations. Here's all this stuff, right? All this stuff that that it's not it, it doesn't make somebody feel like a cool superhero because they're wiping the or wiping the floor with other people's asses. Right. Navigating the negative side of ninjutsu is understanding things like some asshole can ruin your life. But if you kill him, you go to jail. So how do I protect myself? How do I turn the tables and or have him right? Just like our fourth on stuff. How do I set things up so that whatever he tries to do to me backfires on him, right? And I don't go to jail. And living to the ninja ideal, I work my will without action. Nobody has any clue that I did anything. As a matter of fact, I'm the last person I'm ever going to look at. This is why I say that most people aren't training in ninjutsu, but they throw the fucking word around like it's candy. They have no idea what they're talking about. Well, I'm using swords. Throwing stars. 
dressing in a black gi, I'm doing the kata shihaku, and right. My wife just showed me a video yesterday of some guy that has a freaking cat, right? He rides him around on his motorcycle, puts his little motorcycle helmet on the cat and all that kind of stuff, takes him for a ride, right? Fantastic. The cat has his own motorcycle. Guy starts it up, sits the cat on the seat, right? Let's it go every time. Cat runs into a wall. Because you can dress him up to look like he's fucking driving the motorcycle. But guess what? He's riding on a vehicle that's moving on its own, right? <laughs> Just because it looks like doesn't mean it is. Okay? And again, there's another one of our limitations. Right? As long as we delude ourselves, we have nobody else to blame for the shit that we are, are coming up with. That goes for all of us, me included. Don't, don't look at me like I'm on some kind of pedestal or think I'm on some kind of pedestal. Every day. I have to keep myself in check every day because you know what? I don't always want to freaking finish that email or, or finish editing that freaking video or whatever. But you know what? If I don't finish it, the next part doesn't get done. I shared a meme the other day, right? Discipline is doing the hard stuff you don't want to do so that you can get the good stuff that you want to have. Anyway, all right, what else we got? Well, that's it. Well, I did see a bunch of people on and then off and whatever, so I don't know if people signed off and then came back or, you know, it was boring and we weren't doing cool. For those of you on Apple uh, Podcast and all the audio stuff, I just made some funky kung fu-ish, and I'm probably going to offend guys like Jimmy or whatever who actually do kung fu. Um, don't take that the wrong way. I'm just – Whipping things around, looking some, some, I don't know, jack wagon. <laughs> imitating the jack wagons who are imitating martial arts in a jack wagon-ish way. Anyway, all right, that's it. Uh, you know what? My Kuden, um, my Kuden schedule, right? My, uh, lesson plans and topics and all that kind of stuff has run its course. It actually did last week. That's why this week I was thinking about this stuff, and that's why I'm covering this, um, which means it's wide open. So if there's things that you would like for me to cover, you can let us know, right? If there's things you'd like me to talk about, skill sets, whatever it is, right? Uh, you can post it on the Kuden podcast uh, Facebook page. You can send it to uh, James. Don't send it to me. No. <laughs> you can send it to us at... Uh, Warrior C, that's W-A-R-R-I-O-R, the letter C, uh, at Warrior, same spelling, dash concepts, dash online.com. Please put an S at the end of concepts, right? Um, the, the, the Internet is fickle that way, right? It, it doesn't know what you meant, right? So sending us a flaming email because you've sent 15 emails that we never answered. Um, if we didn't answer it, it's because we didn't get it, Right. And then, you know, the person goes, oh, and they finally, you know, chuckle it off. And, well, I, I found it. Uh, I was sending it to uh, Warrior with one R, and there's three in it, uh, and Concepts, but I spelled it with an M instead of an N or whatever. And just, you know, again, limitations, right? Where's our focus? 
All right. So I'm, I'm an open book at the moment, right? If there's something you want me to cover, if there's something you want me to cover and I don't think that I can do it any justice or whatever, uh, I'll point you in the best directions that I can, but I'm not here to blow smoke up your ass. Okay. I'm not here to convince you that I know everything about everything, right? If it's outside of my wheelhouse or outside of my experience or whatever, I'm going to tell you. Okay. Um, if it is, I give it my best shot. Okay. James, did I miss any announcements or anything like that other than like fall campus coming up September 30th, October 1st and 2nd? Uh, we're looking at modernizing the Ninja Hachimon without changing the Ninja Hachimon. How about that? Okay. That'll be cool, right? So we'll have, we'll have uh, links up and everything for everybody pretty soon. Is the page done yet? Not yet. Not for fall, no. Not for fall, okay. So as soon as that's done, we'll make sure that's up for everybody uh, that you can get in on the training and uh, do your thing, right? Um, I think that's it. Uh, other than we do have a couple of openings in the Platinum uh, Inner Circle stuff for long-distance students, uh, online training, all that kind of stuff, becoming one of my personal students. So if you would like to schedule a call to explore as to whether this might be a good fit or not, uh, you can do the same thing. Send it to WarriorC at warrior-concepts-online.com in the um, – in the field, right, in the subject line or whatever, uh, put the words call request, and then in the body, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, you know, why ninjutsu, that kind of thing, right, and that you're actually asking for a call request, right. I'll take a look at that, make sure that you're not some Naruto freak that's, uh, you know, going to send uh, one of those power balls or whatever at me, right. Um, make sure we're a good fit at least to start, right. Um, and then uh, we'll... Uh, work to schedule uh, an actual one-on-one -on -one call and doesn't cost nothing, right? Um, just if nothing else, you know, even if we're not a good fit, uh, you'll still leave that call uh, with some strategies and tactics for moving your training forward and whatnot. No harm, no fail. Um, please, 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 though, do not schedule a call if you know that you absolutely cannot move forward. I mean, I'm not looking for it to be a guarantee. You don't have to this doesn't have to be a good fit, right? But don't be contacting me if your wife won't let you, you, you know, have no time to train, you have no money, you have no, you had, uh, da, da, da. Mm -mm. okay? Don't want to hear it, okay? So um, that's a quick, that's the quickest way to get to a, um, it's not going to work out. Uh, here's a free report. This will hopefully keep you busy for a while, right? Okay, is that it? Is that all we got? We good? Yes, sir. Well, in that case, I'm going to wrap this up, and I will talk to everybody again next time on, what is this again? Oh, yeah, Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.